you have the confidence to work, to earn money, and to be paid with money, knowing that later, whenever you choose, you can use that money to exchange for value. We have to look at it from a spiritual level that money in and of itself is neither good nor bad. It's what we do with it. And so what we do with it can be magnificent. Go deeper. Find your center. Live life to the fullest. This is the Deeper Connections podcast from The Daily Motivator. Welcome to the Deeper Connections podcast from The Daily Motivator, sponsored by Connections University, where you'll find the Experience Excellence audio program, a resource for encouragement, inspiration, and mastery of life's everyday challenges. Visit DeeperConnectionsPodcast.com and download Experience Excellence today. I was reading something interesting uh, just recently in the book by Jordan Peterson, uh, 12 Rules for Life. And he was talking about way back in the mists of time, when people became aware of the concept of the future. And, of course, he was just speculating about how this might have happened. But he, he speculated that perhaps somebody had slayed like a woolly mammoth to <laughs> eat. Because <laughs> <that's, laughs> apparently that was a big part of the diet at one time. Sure. And so – you know, they're big and there's a lot of meat and it's really too much for one person to eat at one sitting. And so this person killed this mammoth and ate what he could. And then there was some left over. And so the next day it was still there. And so that, that kind of got him to thinking, well, this is kind of a good thing, you know, I saved some of the food. I didn't eat it all when I killed the, the beast. And I saved some for later. Maybe I can do this with other things. And sure enough, so yeah, maybe I can do it with, with other things. And then maybe I can extend this to other people. So if I save some and give it to others, maybe they will reciprocate and do the same for me. So, you know, I can kill a mammoth and share it with other people around me. And then the next time, maybe somebody else will kill one and I'll get to eat what they are able to kill. And this introduced the concept, and we were talking a couple of weeks ago about instant gratification and delayed gratification. And this, this kind of thing helped to introduce the concept of the value of saving for later, of delayed gratification, and the value of also sharing with others. And, of course, over the thousands of years, we've now come to the point where we have systematized and institutionalized this whole concept, where now we have a little plastic card in our wallet, and that's where we keep our 
saved value. And we can take that out and we can exchange that for just about anything we want. So that's the concept of money. And it it just occurred to me, you know, we we use money all the time, obviously, and we think about it and we want it and we try to get it. But do we really realize what it is and what it represents? Mm-hmm. That it is, first of all, it is stored value. It enables us to do a little more work today than we really need to do and save that work for later. And we can do a little more work tomorrow than we need to do and save a little of that work for later using the concept and and all the infrastructure of money. And that enables us to spread our efforts over long stretches of time. And by doing that, we can achieve amazing things. And it's all because of the concept, number one, of the future. You know, we realize that there is a future coming and we're going to be living there. And we need to set aside some things for then. We need to do things today that are going to benefit us in the future. And it's also the concept of of value, of creating value and being able to exchange that value for value that other people create. And that also, the division of labor that enables each person to do what he or she does best can be enormously productive for the group at large because when you're doing what you do, what you do best, and we've talked about focus as well, uh, you're able to focus on something, an activity in which you're highly productive, and everybody else is able to do that as well. And then you're able to exchange the fruits of your productivity with each other, and this has led to enormous amounts of wealth in the world at large. And so I don't know, I I thought it would be kind of interesting to just talk a little bit about the concept of of money and value and exchange and and all that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm really always fascinated by the, the idea of money and exactly what you were talking about and what we can achieve and the exchange system that is involved with services or goods and this exchange of something that is more a concept than anything else, I guess. It's more of a, um, I, I really look at, at money as energy. It's an energetic exchange and that energetic exchange can be used to exchange for other energy, which could be in the form of mental energy, it could be physical energy. So it's something that has become a product, if you will, something that we can use in the physical world. But it is so interesting to me how involved it can be and how many emotions are attached to money. Well, and there's another dimension to it that is critically important, and that is trust. Mm -hmm. 
because money is worthless without the trust that stands behind it. Mm-hmm. If we don't have confidence that our money is going to be able to be exchanged for something of value, then it's worthless. And so the fact that we can all trust each other, that we can all agree with each other on the approximate value of the money that we use, that's what makes us able to use it. And so, yeah, there is a lot of energy bound up in that, I think, because we are placing our trust in something, you know, a dollar bill or say a million dollars in cash would be good to have in most situations, Mm -hmm. but not all. Right. You know, imagine that you are in the Amazon rainforest. Mm Mm-hmm. You have no clothes, no shoes, no tools, nothing to start a fire with, and you have a suitcase full of a million dollars. Well, that's not going to do you any good. In fact, it's kind of going to be a liability because you kind of don't want to just leave it there. (laughs) You'd like to hike out with it, you know, bring it with you. You use it for kindling. (laughs) Well, you could. You could use it to sleep on as a mattress, or you could right. burn it for fuel right. if you could figure out a way to start a fire. But the the point is that if there's no one to exchange that money with, no one who's going to provide you any kind of value in exchange for that money, then the, the money is worthless. Right. And so it is all based on the confidence that you have that you're going to be able to get something in exchange for that money. And that also in that confidence is you have the confidence to work, to earn money and to be paid with money, knowing that later, whenever you choose, you can use that money to exchange for value, something that's valuable to you. It's interesting uh, when you're talking about the the context of where you are, I have these beads that are valuable to me on a personal and emotional level because my uncle traveled to Africa when, oh gosh, this was in the seventies, I guess. And I was a little girl and he brought things back for my sister and me. And that included this little box of beads, these beautiful handmade beads. They're like tubes. And those were used for money in the place that he was. That was an exchange of money. So he brought us back this very valuable thing. Well, here in the States, you could make a necklace out of them or you could have them in your little box like I do where I take them out and look at them. And uh, But they're not of value the way that our paper dollars would be here or on our credit card like you were talking about. So it's very interesting. It's all about the context. Right. Yeah. Those are not fungible in this uh, Mm -hmm. society, but some places in the world they would be, would be accepted Mm -hmm. as cash. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the whole question of money is tied very closely to value. And you said that that those have a value to you, a sentimental value, because you have a lot of memories tied up in them. And they mean something to you just because of that, not Mm -hmm. only because of what they are. And, you know, that's true. We talked 
last week about perspective, the value of any particular thing is different for different people. You know, if, if you have a truck full of water bottles and you're driving through the desert, well, one water bottle is not going to be that valuable to you. And if, if it fell off the truck and landed on the road and, you know, you wouldn't stop your truck to go back and pick it up. Mm-hmm. But if, if you did uh, drive your truck and you came upon somebody who had been stranded in the desert for three weeks and that person happened to have a suitcase full of a million dollars, that person would happily pay you probably several thousand dollars for a couple of bottles of that water. Mm-hmm. So value depends <clears throat> on the person. It depends on the time and place and situation. It depends on what's happened in the past. It depends on what you expect to happen in the future. And so, you know, we think we know what something costs, what the value of it is in terms of dollars, but that is really an oversimplification. Mm-hmm. And when when someone when someone willingly goes out and takes money and spends it on something. So if I willingly go out and buy a pickup truck, so I'm spending $30,000 on a pickup truck and the car sales place is giving me a pickup in exchange for $30,000. Well, the reason that's happening is because that pickup truck to me is worth more to me than having that $30,000. And for the truck dealer, that $30,000 is worth more to her than the truck, mm-hmm. right? So we 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 each win. Yeah. We each feel like we come out ahead. Mm-hmm. Because I'm getting what I want and they're getting what they want. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's an interesting way to look at the concept of money because I think we, we tend to think of, we, we tend to oversimplify it and think oh, yes. there's this, this big supply of money and we just need to get some. Mm-hmm. And once we get it, <laughs> our troubles will be over. Yes, that is an interesting thing that I think is a very common, um, I think it's a very common human thought. Yes. And like you say, there's a lot of emotion tied up in it. And I think it's it's because money is so fungible. It can be used for just about anything. So mm-hmm. that that makes it very useful. But all it is really is value. And that's important to think about and to realize because – when you want to get money, when you feel this need to get money, well, first of all, you don't really want a pile of cash. Mm-hmm. You want what that money can buy you. You want the ability to, uh, you want the flexibility of having that money to be able to buy what, what you might need from time to time. But on the other end of it, money is not just something that that's sitting in a pile somewhere and people divide it up and send it out to people, money is exchanged for value. And so you have access to getting money by creating value, by creating something that someone else will value. And then you can give, that person can give you money and you can get the money and that person can get whatever they value that you create. 
when you're thinking about, I want to get money, I want to get money, I want to get money, you're one step, really one step removed from the most optimal thing to think of, which is what can I do for somebody else to create value? I think that's exactly right. And I think also one of the reasons that money is such an emotional concept or an emotional pain point in a lot of ways for so many people is that it is deeply rooted in connection to our survival. And anytime that something is rooted in our need to survive, it is going to become a very emotional thing. And so whether it's really true that you're not going to survive if you don't get more, more, more money, it still, I think, is a part of the human DNA going all the way back to exactly what you were saying about the far ancestor that killed the woolly mammoth. Well, he's going to survive because he's got food and someone else without that food is not going to survive. So when you realize that that value is tied to literal survival, and it still is, then it becomes something that people go the distance to get more of it without even realizing that there's this inherent idea that I've got to have more so that I can survive. And then there's also, I think, kind of on another end of the spectrum, that it's very much tied to the concept of freedom, that there's an idea that more money equals more freedom. And again, based on the perspective, that can either be true or not, because there are plenty of people who have less freedom because they have so much money that it gives them so many more responsibilities that they don't have any free time uh, from, from their perspective. The idea, though, that someone, let's say with less money, looks at someone with more money and they say, wow, that person can do whatever they want. That's what I want. I want to have more freedom, which leads to purchasing in so many ways. Like if you look at why do we purchase, for instance, that pickup truck or a sports car, let's say, or uh, a really fast motorcycle, they're tied to either something that we need to do for our work. So for instance, the pickup truck might be directly perceived as something that will allow me to do more work to haul things. And therefore I can earn more money if I'm able to haul things and then charge somebody for hauling it for them, which can equal more freedom. Or the sports car can give me a free, a feeling of freedom. So the sports car doesn't directly create more freedom, but putting the top down on that sports car and driving along uh, highway one along the coast and having the wind blow through your hair, there's a feeling of freedom there. And so those things that we exchange our money for, what is the value on the other side can often be the value either helps us survive or it brings us more freedom. So a lot of times that the, the things that we're seeking and, and perceiving as value are things that are very intangible a lot of times. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, really everything ultimately gets down to the way that you're feeling. Mm-hmm. 
right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Even survival. Yes. And so, yeah, it's all tied tied to the way that we want to feel. And one of those uh, feelings is the feeling of, of security, of feeling like you are in a position where the troubles in life may not be able to get to you mm-hmm. <laughs> as easily or as quickly. And that is a feeling of security. I think money is very, very much tied up in that, in security. And self, self-expression, I mean, there's a lot of things, right? A lot of feelings that, uh, that you can create. I think it's important, too, in any discussion of money to talk about the fact that I often hear people misquote uh, something that, that talks about money being evil. And that is not only a misquote, it's not a true thing. <laughs> so it can be the root of things that are tied to evil, seeking money for reasons that drive you to do things, to do anything to get that money. Okay, so there's that direction. But I'm kind of talking about the idea that I hear people talk about way too much, Uh I'm going to give an exact example here that happened years ago. There was a blog post in a Canadian from a Canadian newspaper, and I happened to come across it and thought it was a really good article about Eckhart Tolle, the author of A New Earth, very thought provoking and very deeply spiritual. And This article was talking about that and the value of what he has to say. And one of the comments that came back was that it was wrong for Eckhart Tolle to make money off of his teachings because they were spiritual teachings and no one should make money off of spiritual teachings. So I replied back to that and the Vancouver Sun ended up picking up my reply as one of their featured articles because I talked about the fact that going back to survival, how can we have spiritual teachers if they're not able to survive? And they need money in order to be able to survive, or they need some kind of patrons to be able to support them while they put out their spiritual thoughts and works and things that lead and help other people. So the example that even Jesus had a treasurer means that money was coming in. He had patrons, people who supported his mission and his work. And spiritual books are sold in bookstores for money. So that concept that spiritual teaching should not be tied to money is just completely off base. It has to be tied to money. So survival and our spirituality, these are all in alignment with who we are as whole beings. So I always feel like in a discussion about money, we have to look at it from a spiritual level that money in and of itself is neither good nor bad. It's what we do with it. And so what we do with it can be magnificent. Money does have a bad reputation. The quote from, uh, I guess, First Timothy is that, that the love of money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. And that is an important distinction because, yeah, the, the love of money, money is a tool. And 
Exactly. It's not, it's not a goal, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what that verse is trying to say. Yes. That money is a very useful tool, but we shouldn't idolize it. We should realize what it is and use it for good. Like any tool, it can be used for uh, good purposes or evil purposes, uh, constructive purposes or destructive purposes. Right. And so, uh, but that's a whole different issue, what you use it for. The money, like you say, is is pretty, uh, it doesn't care one way or the other how it's used. And yeah, I get that, or I used to get that a pretty good bit. Ever since I really started publishing The Daily Motivator, I've been charging for it. I do provide it for free on the website, but I charge for a subscription. And I've gotten a lot of people who have who have chastised me for charging. They're saying, well, this is helpful information that people need. Why do you charge for it? I mean, you shouldn't <laughs> charge for it. If they only knew the time that you put in. <laughs> well, yes, that's true. But even beyond that, mm-hmm. I mean, my answer is this. If I had several million dollars and I wanted to do good with it, I could I could give it away, you know? I could be very generous and give it away to people. But the problem is once I gave it all away, then what? That's right. I would have nothing. Mm-hmm. Then I would be dependent just like everybody or you know, just like the people I was giving it to. And that's no good. No. Because I have a lot of skills and a lot of connections mm-hmm. and a lot of wisdom. And I think it serves everybody's purpose for me to be able to use that. Absolutely. And so by charging for what I do, by receiving an income from it, it's not greedy. It's enabling me to sustain that. That's I can, right. I can go on giving that value forever. Mm-hmm. Well, or at least as long as I live, I can continue Whereas if I gave it all away at no charge, or if if I did what I do without charging for it, I wouldn't be able to do it. I would have to do something else to be able to pay the bills, to keep Mm -hmm. the electricity on, to pay for my web servers and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. The money, it's an exchange of value. And if you pay for a subscription, then you value the information that you're going to be getting more than you value the $15 that you're going to pay me for it. Mm -hmm. And likewise, I'm able to get income and support, you know, pay all the bills, pay for all the expenses of doing what I do and still make it affordable and, and be able to continue doing it on and on. Well, not only that, there's also a lot to be said for those who pay for what you're bringing to them, they value what they're purchasing more than if you just gave it for free. So there's plenty of people who get free things all day long, and they may be getting things for free that will help them improve their lives, but they don't use them. And so their lives don't improve. Whereas those who say, I want to improve my life. And so this is the exchange of value that I have to make today. This is really important to me. And so I'm going to spend that money to get a subscription from the Daily Motivator. And then I'm really going to use that. And then the next time, maybe I can get another program that 
has more value attached to it. And then I learn more. And then I create something myself. And then I bring that to the table for other people. So it's exponential, it becomes exponentially more valuable. And really, to be honest, that's kind of the reason I first started charging for the daily motivator in the first place. Yes, is to enable people to be able to make an investment in themselves. That's because right. I knew that this was good information that I'm providing, but I don't want it to just be treated trivially. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I Like you say, I do work hard to come up with it. And what helps me is knowing that people value it and get good value out of it and get good use from it. It inspires you to keep doing more. Exactly. That's frankly the reason I do it. Mm-hmm. is knowing that it makes a difference. And Absolutely. So, so yeah, if you are able to invest in it, you're going to get a lot more out of it. Yes. And we can do a whole other episode on, I I pretty much, you talked about free stuff, and I do not like free stuff at all. <laughs> That's a pet peeve with me. You know, I agree. I don't like to get it. I don't like yeah. to give it. Uh, well, I, I do. I like to give it more than I like to get it. Mm-hmm. And, Me too. And, you know, that kind of goes to the concept of gift giving and generosity, which mm-hmm. is, is another whole topic. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, free stuff is, frankly, in my opinion, uh, kind of like money, the root of all evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it I, is. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's very much the same thing. The love of money is like loving to get stuff for free. Mm-hmm. And then hoarding it. <laughs> right, right. And that's greed. That's yeah. just pure, simple greed. Is Absolutely. expecting to get something for nothing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's all kind of tied in there. And the fact that money is difficult to obtain, that's good. That's mm-hmm. what gives it its value. Right. You know, a few months ago, the government sent out checks to every person in America, mm-hmm. just about. And um, I... I really have a lot of problem. I mean, it it was necessary at the time. Mm-hmm. But if that were to continue on and on and on for years and years and years, mm, it would not be that good. would be a disaster. It would be a disaster. Already, a lot of people are earning more not working than they were getting working. Right. And so, yeah, it's, you know, I don't blame them. They, they shouldn't go back to work because they're making more money staying home. <laughs> but that's a disaster. It is. So um, money, interesting thing. Oh, it's an interesting and very deep thing. It's just, it's, we really look at it mostly on the surface level, but when you start looking at it from a deep level, it, like I said, it really is tied to who we are as humans. Well, if you have found this discussion somewhat interesting, we hope you'll go on iTunes and leave us a review. And uh, then maybe some other people can find out about this podcast. And we would really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. So thank you very much for your support. When you need a break, a word of encouragement, a spark of creative juice and inspiration for mastering the challenges of life, work, and relationships, you'll find it in the Experience Excellence audio series from Connections University. You can download it right now through the link at deeperconnectionspodcast.com. 
While you're there, be sure to subscribe to the show at deeperconnectionspodcast.com so you'll automatically get the latest episode as soon as it's available. You'll find options for iTunes and other platforms. You'll also find links to the music in this podcast, written and performed by Local Honey. I'm Ralph Marston. And I'm Kimberly Kane. Thanks for taking the journey with us. Be courageous in all of your connections. Go deeper. Your life will be richer for it. This is Deeper Connections. Learn more. Be more. At DeeperConnectionsPodcast.com.